Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Well, as we begin, I want to tell you a funny story that happened when I was five years old, and it's something that I've never, ever forgotten. Uh, at the time, we lived in a place called Valcom, which is in the Free State, and I just started grade one, and there was this girl at school. Her name was Cindy. Now, Cindy was an older girl. She was six years old and already in grade two, and I found out from my friends that Cindy had plans, and those plans involved me. Now, for some reason, Cindy had her heart set on kissing me. Now, if you're a guy watching, you might think, oh, that's amazing, but except when, when you're only five years old, listen, girl germs are a very real thing, and there was absolutely no way that Cindy was going to get close enough to me to kiss me. But Cindy had made her intentions clear, and she then began to pursue me at break times, and she would physically chase me around the playground to try kiss me. Now, fortunately, I was a fast runner, so... It didn't take too much effort to get away from Cindy. It was really just a little bit annoying, if anything. But, but day after day, Cindy would run after me. And I guess she knew what she wanted in life, and it seemed as if nothing was going to stop her. Uh, Cindy had also made her affection for me public at school, so all the teachers knew about her intentions. And listen, I was highly, highly embarrassed, but at least I felt safe knowing that she would never be able to catch me. Anyway, one day on the playground, uh, Cindy began to chase me, just like all the other days. And I, in turn, you know, I did my bit. I began to jog away without too much effort. But what I didn't realize was that Cindy had changed the rules. She had gathered together her entire grade two class, and every single one of them began to hunt me down. Now, I mean, if there were only five of them or maybe ten of them, well, I could have still had a chance of getting away, but there were more than 20 kids that started chasing me. And I tell you what, my life flashed before my eyes. I ran as fast as I could, but this was only ever going to end one way. The biggest and the fastest boys in Cindy's class soon circled me. I mean, it was kind of like something out of those, those wildlife movies where the, where the hyenas and the vultures all moving for the kill. And four of the boys grabbed me and they pinned me down to the ground. And then like something out of a horror movie, Cindy sat on top of me with a big smile on her face. She grabbed my head between her hands and kissed me. But wait, on the lips. Now, thankfully, I got over that traumatic experience. And although at the time I certainly didn't approve of Cindy's tactics, you know, even years later, I have to acknowledge that she had two characteristics that are missing in many people. She had determination and she had perseverance. You see, Cindy had already decided that giving up was not an option for her, even when she came up against resistance. And let me tell you, I put up a good fight. And because of Cindy's decision to endure, she got what she wanted. You know, the choice of giving up is something that we all face regularly in life. We all get tired, we get weary, we get frustrated when things don't work out, and we all get discouraged when we face resistance. 
But there is also something incredibly powerful that happens when we choose to endure and we refuse to give up. Today I want to speak to you a message of title, Choosing to Not Give Up. Choosing to Not Give Up. You know, I think perhaps for many people there have been times this year when, when giving up has seemed like the only option that you've had. I mean, it's been a crazy year, one that none of us could have predicted and certainly one that we'll never forget. I think many of us are grateful that we're already into December now. It's the 6th of December today. And we're grateful that 2020 is almost over. I know some of you have taken huge strain at times and perhaps you're even in a place today where in your heart you feel that giving up is the best option for you. I want us to read in a moment a passage of Scripture from the book of Hebrews that speaks about not giving up, but rather enduring through the difficult seasons of life. But before we read this passage from Hebrews 12, it's important to understand what comes just before so that we've got context. Hebrews 11, many of you would know, is called the faith chapter of the Bible. And it summarizes some of the stories of faith of men and women who chose not to give up on God and on life, but rather endured even when things got very difficult for them. In fact, the last part of Hebrews 11 actually records some of the brutal ways in which these people of faith died while enduring great persecution, yet they still chose to not give up. Let's read from Hebrews 12. Verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance, the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. Let's have a look at a few thoughts from this passage today. Firstly, we see this, is that there are others watching our life and walk of faith. There are others watching our life and walk of faith. Verse 1 says that we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. You know, I think this refers to two types of witnesses. Firstly, those the writer speaks of who have gone before us, uh, those mentioned in Hebrews 11 who lived their lives in service to God and whose faith in Christ enabled them to not give up. And he speaks of them kind of cheering us on as we run the race of life that God has set before us. You know, I remember running long distance races at school and, and kind of getting to that last straight of the last lap when your legs felt like jelly and you thought they were going to cave in. But the cheering of the crowd always made you run a little faster and a little longer. And I think this passage reminds us that there are others who have gone before us on the journey of faith who didn't give in. And it's kind of like they, they cheering us on, particularly as we enter the last stretch of this year when many are feeling tired and weary. The writer of Hebrews says that their example should be an encouragement to us. But secondly, always remember 
that people around you are watching your life. No matter who you are or what position you hold, someone is watching how you respond to setbacks and how you deal with hardships in life. You know, if you're in business, well, the people who work for you, they're watching to see whether you respond with faith or whether you give up because this year has been so hard. If you were serving in church before lockdown, as many of you were, there will be those watching you who served alongside you to see if you're still going to be at your post again when we start up church. If you give up, well, they might also give up. If you're married with kids, uh, your children are watching how you and your spouse speak to one another and, and how you deal with conflict and how you navigate the hard seasons of marriage. And if you give up, well, the likelihood is that they will one day also give up. If you're taking notes today, there's a truth that you can write down and it's this. When we give up, we give others permission to do the same. When we give up, we give others permission to do the same. But when we choose to endure, we inspire others to keep pressing on. I think the area of marriage is one where giving up has become normal and you know, almost anticipated. If you look at the divorce statistics from most parts of the world, they're incredibly discouraging because they show that at least one in two marriages ends up in divorce. Now, while there may be extenuating circumstances in some situations, the reality is that most marriages don't last because people give up. You know, when that honeymoon season comes to an end and those butterflies in the tummy start fading, well, then the reality of the hard work required to make marriage work sets in. And for many, well, that's apparently good enough reason to give up. I think the sad thing is always that most couples don't count the cost of quitting on their marriage. People think, oh, I'll just move on or I'll find someone better, but not realizing that the statistics for people getting divorced who have been remarried after an initial divorce are even higher. You know, many failed marriages also involve children and, and kids are almost always worse off emotionally because of the separation. Friend, whatever challenge or issue you're going through today, whether it be in your marriage or your business or, or something related to your faith, before you decide to give up, remember this. Someone is watching your life and your walk of faith. And by not giving up, you are empowering someone else to stay the course. Can you say amen? Then secondly is this. We must learn to endure through hard times. We must learn to endure through hard times. That word endure means a couple of things. It means to withstand pain or hardship. And then it also means to continue despite fatigue, stress, or adverse conditions. You know, the second part of verse 1 says this. It says, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. In other words, let's keep on running the race that God has put us in, even though we face pain, even though there will be hardship, and even though we will continually come up against adverse conditions. Robert Kiyosaki is an American businessman. He's also the author of the best-selling book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he says that quitting is the easiest thing to do. You know, I think giving up is appealing to people because it it kind of seems to offer an immediate way out of our circumstances. You know, in many ways, it's almost like a, 
a silver bullet or that magical get-out-of-jail-free card. But giving up comes at a high price and it steals from us that which we could have enjoyed had we not have given up. Friend, if business is hard today, well, the easiest thing to do is to give up and go work for someone else. If marriage is hard, the easiest thing may seem to try it with someone else. When serving in church is hard, well, the easiest thing is to just sit and attend rather than be involved. You know, when faith in Jesus brings opposition into your life, which it does, the easiest thing to do is to compromise and, and go with what everyone else is doing. But we must learn to endure and push through those times when we desperately want to give up. You know, I recently watched a movie that many of you may have seen. Uh, it's called Unbroken. It was directed by Angelina Jolie. And the movie is based on the true story of Louis Zamperini. He was an American Olympic athlete who was drafted into the army during World War II. And while on a mission, their plane crashed into the ocean and, and he and another soldier managed to miraculously survive at sea on a lifeboat for 47 days. Well, they were eventually rescued, but unfortunately by the Japanese. And Louis Zamperini was placed inside a Japanese prison camp for more than two years until the end of the war. You know, during that time, he experienced brutal treatment at the hand of the prison officials, in particular one guy by the name of Corporal Watanabe. Uh, he was beaten, he was assaulted, and, and he should have died many times. But what comes through so powerfully in the movie is that Louis Zamperini endured because he had already decided that giving up was not an option for him. He refused to surrender to his tormentors, and he refused to give up on life. And in fact, after the war, he gave his life to Christ and went back to Japan to forgive his tormentors. You know, I think in many ways, life is a bit like this movie. We, we face circumstances where unexpected things happen. We find ourselves in a place that we didn't intend to be. And then on top of that, we come under attack from the enemy who's always trying his best to break us. Sometimes the attack is is physical in the form of an illness or maybe an unfortunate accident. Other times it's emotional where we face discouragement and anxiety or even depression. You know, we also come under spiritual attack where sometimes the devil seems to be on our case. Remember the Bible refers to him as the enemy of our souls. But whatever the attack is and, and however it plays out, we always have one of two choices. We can give up or we can endure. We can throw our hands up in surrender to the enemy, or we can choose to not give in. There's a great quote by author and speaker Maxime McCoy, who says, the more you resist quitting, the more power you gain. We always get stronger when we endure. If today you're on the verge of giving up, friend, hang in there, stand your ground, learn to endure, and trust God that His grace will sustain you and pull you through. Then thirdly, we see that when we don't give up, we exercise our faith. You know, I've learned that whenever I choose to not give up, I'm actually exercising my faith. By enduring, I'm believing that God can still do something to change my situation around. And when we refuse to give up, well, we're giving the Lord something to work with. It may not always be much, but 
you know, I've realized that most often God doesn't need much from us in order to do something miraculous. In Ephesians 6, 13, the Bible says, Take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. You know, when you've done everything that you can in a particular situation and, and it kind of seems like there's nothing more that can be done, the Bible says that we can still do something while we wait on God and that is to stand firm. You know, sometimes I've learned we, we just have to hold our ground and endure while we brace ourselves against the things that come against us. And if we stay standing and don't give up, well, we give God the opportunity to intervene. You know, I've realized that many people give up and are then upset with God that He doesn't intervene. But by standing firm, we're acknowledging that there is still a possibility of things changing for the better and that no matter how bad circumstances may be currently, we are believing by faith that God will intervene and bring breakthrough. But the moment we give up, well, we remove any possibility of things changing. Li Na is a retired Chinese tennis player. She achieved a career high ranking of world number two, and she was known for her tenacity on the court and just a refusal to give up. And she said, I just keep fighting and try to be the last one standing. You know, in my book, Keep Moving Forward, I talk about how I came close to giving up in my first six months of full-time ministry. I was stretched. I was tested in different ways. And, you know, at times I just felt completely out of my depth and my comfort zone. And then on top of that, well, Yannette and I just had twins. And so I wasn't sleeping at night. I was very overwhelmed. And, you know, at that time it kind of felt like giving up was the only option I had. But I made a decision to trust God and not give up. Today I look back and, man, I'm so grateful that I didn't quit. I love being in ministry. I, I love doing what I believe God has created me to do. I get to serve alongside some of the finest people on the planet and under some of the world's best leaders and Pastor Andre and Pastor Vilma. You know, I often look back at those first few months of ministry and wonder where I might have ended up had I not have been willing to endure. I'm thankful that God's grace carried me, but I know it also took a decision on my part to not give up. Friend, every one of us will face moments and seasons in life where we desperately want to give up. But if you believe God has called you to something, firstly, know that the enemy will do his best to discourage you, but also know that if you refuse to give up, God will give you grace to keep pressing on. And in the process, of course, well, your faith will also grow strong. George Mueller, the great evangelist, once said, to learn strong faith, is to endure great trials. I have learned my faith by standing firm amid severe testings. Then fourthly, we see that when we don't give up, we keep moving forward. When we don't give up, we keep moving forward. Verse 2 of that Hebrews passage says, Because of the joy awaiting him, he being Jesus, endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor, beside God's throne. You know, this part of the opening scripture speaks of Jesus going to the cross, but choosing not to give up. He faced incredible pain. He was 
beaten and tortured. He was humiliated and ridiculed. And, you know, I can only imagine that Jesus must have considered giving up many times on the day of his crucifixion. When he went to the cross, uh, I don't think he had happy feelings and good vibes when they beat him and nailed him to the cross. I mean, in fact, every minute of his agony must have felt like a lifetime of pain and suffering. But Jesus looked ahead at the victory that was waiting just on the other side. And because of that, he endured and he kept moving forward. Winston Churchill, as many of you would know, is regarded as one of the greatest leaders of modern history. He was prime minister of the United Kingdom from 1940 to 1945 when he led Great Britain to victory in the Second World War. But he faced the massive task of standing up to the Nazi armies of Adolf Hitler. And on the 29th of October, 1941, Churchill gave a speech at Harrow School that changed the atmosphere in Britain. And it also changed the outlook of many who had wanted to give up. He said, never give in, never give in, never, 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 never. In nothing great or small, large or petty, Never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. We stood all alone a year ago and to many countries, it seemed that our account was closed and we were finished. You know, maybe that's how you feel today. You say, oh, I'm, I'm done for. There's nothing more I can do in my marriage or my work or my finances. But then he went on to say this. Very different is the mood today. Britain other nations thought had drawn a sponge across her slate. But instead, our country stood in the gap. There was no flinching and no thought of giving in. And by what seemed almost a miracle to those outside these islands, though we ourselves never doubted it, we now find ourselves in a position where I say that we can be sure that we only have to persevere to conquer. You know, the course of history was changed because Churchill refused to give in to the intimidation of the enemy and the circumstances around him. You know, it's a scary thought to consider how history might have been different had Hitler not have been defeated. But Europe has moved forward. Its people have continued to live in freedom. But it came only because he chose not to give up. Verse 3 says, Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. You know, I think most people give up because of the pain that they experience in the present. For a married person, it might be the pain of your spouse having had an affair. For a business person, it, it could be the pain of profits that have declined during lockdown. For a pastor or a church leader, well, it could be the pain of division or or a split in the church. If you're a student, it could be the pain of an exam that you failed. If you're a teenager watching today, it could be the pain of rejection by a parent or your friends. I mean, it could be one of many different things. But pain can be misleading because it convinces us that what we are feeling now is how we will always feel. But never forget, pain is most often temporary. And if we fail to understand that, well, we'll end up making permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances. A man by the name of Lou Holtz was a former American football player and coach, and he would often 
remind his players of this. He would say that quitting is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. You know, the Apostle Paul encouraged the Galatian church to not give up at a time when many were giving up on their faith in Jesus and choosing rather to go back to their old way of living. And I think his words are a great reminder to us today. Galatians 6 verse 9, he says, So let us not become tired of doing good, for if, notice that word, if we do not give up, the time will come when we will reap the harvest. You know, I often wonder how many times we've all stopped short on finishing something because at the time it was too difficult or because we simply couldn't see the finishing line. You know, Paul's words in this passage are really God's words to us that if we stay the course and if we keep doing the right thing, we will see breakthrough and we will keep moving forward in life. Perhaps you're in a season of life like many people are today where Things seem to be harder than usual and, and everything within you wants to quit because you've grown tired and weary of fighting and struggling. And, and on top of that, you've got no idea when or if anything will change. And you can feel like you have no other option but to quit. But can I remind you, you always have options. Even if that only option is to endure and not give up because I believe very often we're a lot closer to the finishing line than we actually think we are. Thomas Edison, the great American inventor, once said that many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. And then lastly and most importantly, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Verse 2 says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. You know, I love this. We see that Jesus saw beyond his current circumstances and was able to push through the incredible pain he endured. He kept his eyes on the victory over sin and death and he kept moving forward one painful step at a time, knowing that with each step, he was one step closer to finishing the race. And friend, his example is the one that, that you and I need to follow when we feel like giving up on, on that which God has called us to. You know, the trouble with quitting is that it very easily becomes a pattern in our lives. Vince Lombardi, who was a great American football coach, used to say, once you learn to quit, it becomes a habit. Once you learn to quit, it becomes a habit. Now, that's a very powerful and a very true statement but I believe the opposite is also true. When we endure and choose not to quit because things are difficult or inconvenient, well, that too becomes a habit. When we choose to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and, and keep fighting another round, not only do we increase our chance of victory and success, but we also begin to build a new pattern in our lives, one that learns to push through hardship and can withstand even great opposition. And when we do that, we then begin to see the knock-on effect in other areas of our lives. You know, someone who doesn't give up on their marriage is, is less likely to give up when they face opposition at work. I think someone who refuses to become a victim when they're given a bad doctor's report is also less likely to stop serving at church when it's no longer convenient. And I definitely think a parent who, you know, refuses to give up on a wayward child 
they increase their chances of not giving up on their business when they go through a financial storm. Giving up is a habit, but so is not giving up. Lance Armstrong was the great American cyclist who, I mean, he had many issues and flaws, but, but he was right when he said that the struggle is temporary, quitting lasts forever. Can I encourage you today to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus? He endured so that we can endure. He refused to give up so that we don't have to give up. Jesus saw the victory on the other side of the cross. And if we can push through whatever's coming up against us today, we can also see victory on the other side. Can you say amen to that? Well, I want to pray in a moment for anyone who needs to surrender their life to Jesus. Uh, the Bible tells us that we are all sinners separated from God by our sin. And because of that, well, we're condemned to an eternity away from God. But the good news is that God became man in Jesus and He died on a cross for our sins. And as we read earlier, He endured pain and suffering of the most excruciating kind so that salvation would be possible for those who would put their trust in Him. The Bible says we are made right with God by confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and by believing in our heart that He was raised from the dead. And by doing so, well, we receive the Lord's forgiveness for our sins. If we repent and we acknowledge our need of Jesus as Savior, friend, we have access to the mercy and the grace of God. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you that you love me so much. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. Thank you that you endured so much suffering for me. Today I open my heart to you. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you that your blood washes me clean. Today I'm starting all over again. I'm making a fresh start by opening my life to you and surrendering in full. Thank you that I'm born again because of that. Thank you for the hope and the future that I have because my sins are forgiven and I've been made right with God. In Jesus' name I pray. And all those who prayed that said, Amen. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 